Welcome to the Manifest Wrestling Podcast, to the fan, to the aspiring pro wrestler, and everybody in between. Thank you for watching. I'm Alfonso McCree Jr., and usually I do this elaborate introduction of my name, but to tell you the truth, not really in the mood. And I think anybody who's listening to this knows why. Uh, lost what I can honestly say was my favorite professional wrestler this week in Bray Wyatt. Uh, passing away at the age of 36, a sudden heart attack stemming from COVID complications that enhanced a heart issue. Things looked like they were getting better, like he was going to come back to the company soon. And all of a sudden, you know, things can end in an instant, and uh, they did in this case. And, um, you know, I... I drew a lot of inspiration from Bray Wyatt. I still do. Um, not just as a character, but just as the type of person that people say that he was is the type of person I aspire to be. Um, I think I think I would feel comfortable. I would feel comfortable right now if if something were to happen to me, I would feel comfortable about how people felt about our interactions. You know, um, I try to greet people with a hug, a laugh, um, a deep caring about how they're doing, what's going on in their lives and things of that nature. And it's all because you just never know, you know, stuff like this happens and it's tough. Um, but you know, this, this came out of nowhere and as a result, you know, I mean, the entire show was Smackdown changed. Right, like they had all these plans for SmackDown that got pushed back, understandably so. And uh, you know, kind of the same thing happened with my show, and I'll explain what I mean by that. Um, you know, after our first break here, we're gonna take that first break a lot sooner than we usually do. I know we usually go about twenty minutes or so of me running my mouth before we take that first break, uh, but today. Um, you know, including in this episode the interview that I had with Mr. Jake St. Patrick where we talk about uh, the sudden passing of Bray Wyatt and the impact that Bray Wyatt had on both of us and you know before before we take that break you know I'm going to end this first block by throwing in uh, a video that I did four years ago and I did this video four years ago when I was in the military, and I had no idea how I was going to pursue my professional wrestling career. There was no wrestling school around. I uh, didn't know what to do. And all I could really think to do was cut promos on YouTube. And so that's what I did. I made these promo videos on YouTube, and I took a lot of inspiration from Bray Wyatt. And... You know, just the way that he shot his promos, delivered them. I took a lot of inspiration from that man. He was truly my favorite wrestler. I was so excited when he came back. Um, I'm so disappointed that it's just over so quick. Cried a lot of tears during SmackDown this week. And, um, yeah, it was a rough couple days. You know, obviously we lost Terry Funk the day before that. But, you know, I'm not going to sit here and act like I grew up on Terry Funk because I didn't. You know, by the time I was getting into wrestling, Terry Funk was wrapping up his career. Right, the only the only thing from Terry Funk that I can personally remember is the stuff he was doing with Mick Foley uh, in the Attitude Era. Uh, and again, that was towards the end of his career. But that's the only recollection that I personally have of the man because I I didn't grow up in the 80s. You know, 80s kids and stuff, they, they have, like, more of a recollection of Terry Funk, but I was born in 94, so like me being born in 94, that's a lot of years of Terry Funk's career that I didn't really get to live through, but I lived through every moment of Bray Wyatt's career, and from the moment he came out as Bray Wyatt, he was my guy, that was my guy, um, I used to tell my dad all the time, dad, look at these promos, look at how he's cutting these promos, it's so different, it's so weird, my dad's like, mm, mm-hmm, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, look at this, this is amazing, uh, I was just, I was infatuated by his character, 
Uh, I was infatuated by his physique. Like, this guy was huge, right? Like, like you try to build, like, a cartoon character wrestler, they're going to draw him just like Bray Wyatt, you know? And I just thought that was so, um, just thought he was so magnetic. Like, that laugh of his it was supposed to be evil, but it was so contagious. Um, just hearing the backstage stories from people on social media this week about how he was backstage, how he interacted with people, it's exactly what I thought that he would be like. And, uh, you know, honestly, sometimes it just sucks that I haven't made it in this industry yet because there's people that I want to meet, like Bray Wyatt, that, like, you know, and life happens so fast and you never get to meet him. And it's really unfortunate. I know they say never meet your heroes, but I feel like Bray would have been the exception to that rule right there, you know. Um, but yeah, you know, I promise I'm not going to cry on this podcast, make you guys uncomfortable. Did enough of that yesterday, so I think I'm, uh, I think I got that all out of my system. But uh, without further ado, um, just want to show you guys this promo video for you guys listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all those other platforms. You can still hear the podcast, hear the inspiration. You won't be able to like see the masks and stuff like that, though, but you will hear the very end of it and really understand what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, this, this one's, uh, this one's really rough for me. This one feels like, this one felt like Eddie Guerrero all over again. It was very, very similar. And, um, uh, for me, this one hurts even more than that one did. Um, but yeah, you know, life is short. Love on your loved ones. Give people their flowers while you can. That's a big one that I live by. If you think somebody is amazing, tell them. Um, you know, just live with as much love as possible. That's really all I can say. But again, without further ado, here's the video that I uh, that I put together four years ago, inspired by Bray Wyatt, his promo style. Thank you, Bray, for everything. And right after the break. Uh, we'll have the interview that I did with Mr. Jake St. Patrick. We all have the power to create our own realities. The power to change our situations just by changing our mindset. The literal definition of self-made. What else is that voice in our heads for? That voice in our heads that tells us, hey, that right there, that could be yours. Harness that voice and make it work for you. Control that voice. Learn to manifest the things that you want and watch them appear. Speak what you want into the universe and watch as it happens for you. Watch as your life changes. The moment you realize you got the world right in your hands. Your words can shape your entire future. And what others say? doesn't matter unless you believe it. Do you believe it? Open your eyes to the possibilities that you can obtain through hard work, patience, consistency, drive. No one has to be poor. No one has to be stagnant. You have power. Manifest. So, what do you want? And obviously, things don't just happen without hard work and dedication to your craft, but that's only 50% of the formula to success. The, the other 50% is speaking and believing what you say. The other 50% is believing in yourself enough to put out that song, put out that movie, write that book, put out that podcast. Why hold yourself back that there's, there's a whole world to explore? There's a whole avenue out there just waiting for you to take it. Don't work for somebody else. Don't make somebody else rich. It's time for you to be rich. It's time for you to be successful. It's time for you to be happy. What would be the point of never chasing your dreams? To convince yourself that 
that job that you really don't want is something that you do. To convince yourself that you're okay with working for someone else the rest of your life. To convince yourself that your dreams just don't matter. Is that what you want? <laughs> is that what you want? How about instead of that, you be the badass that you're supposed to be. You start manifesting what you want. You stop selling yourself short and you stop selling everybody else higher than yourself. Tell your gods and angels what you want. Work for it and wait for the universe to do the rest, but it can't start without that first step. Manifest what you want. Stop wasting time. Stop wasting energy. Your time is running out. The clock is ticking. Every day that you wait, every moment that you waste, the clock is running out on you. Grind. Put in that work. Let's go. The time for games is done. The time for action, the time for success, the time to get the things that you always said that you wanted. The time is now. The moment that you hear the sound of my voice, your clock is running. Manifest. Welcome back, everybody, to the Manifest Wrestling Podcast with your host, Alfonso McCree Jr. That's A L P H O N S O M C C. Ara E E Jr. You can bet on me and the Believe Network because we have our first guest here on the Manifest Wrestling Podcast. It is Mr. Jake St. Patrick. Jake, welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you for joining us here today. I appreciate that. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Now, let me just go through a little bit of your accolades real quick before we get to what we were going to talk about. Oh, you Actually, got some. Before- before we get started, yes, we just lost two back to back great men of this pro wrestling industry. Now, Harry I'm Funk. glad that you just mentioned that because you remember earlier this week. Now, our audience doesn't know this, but earlier this week we had talked about coming on here doing this podcast, right? And mm-hmm. I brought a specific topic to you. Um, and then you came out with a video on your Instagram this week that completely changed the topic of the podcast again. <laughs> some more occurrences happened this week where we lost two of the greatest minds in the history of pro wrestling in back-to-back That's days. Right. And now the podcast topic is evolving even further from that, um, which I hadn't even updated you on yet, uh, but I was going to do that during the uh, during the episode. Uh, but like you said, we lost Terry Funk, 79 years old. Uh-huh. And, and we lost Bray him on the Wyatt. 23rd. And then Bray Wyatt, out of nowhere, uh, passes away one day later, the next morning. Um, and, you know, we we can come back to your accolades later because you're right. You know, there's a, there's like a weird feeling today that I can't really shake. You know what I mean? Uh, obviously, similar to you, Bray Wyatt was, in fact, and I'm not saying this just because he died. I mean, I was like I was like a Bray Wyatt mark since <laughs> the moment he debuted. I had the sheep mask. Uh, I was rooting for him every time he wrestled. I cheered like the Packers won the Super Bowl when he won the WWE Championship at that uh, Elimination <laughs> Chamber. Um, you know, I was there at WrestleMania 33 when he defended it. You know, he lost that match, but that was his that was his WrestleMania title defense, and I was there for that, yeah. thankfully. Um just one of the 
really unique minds in the history of pro wrestling. I don't know if we'll ever see anybody like him again. What kind of impact did Bray Wyatt's creativity and his character work have on what you bring to the table in your wrestling career? He had a huge impact. Um, Bray Wyatt represented a part of me that no one ever really gets to see. That I, I lived vicariously through Bray Wyatt with a lot of the things that he said in his promos, a lot of the things that he did in the ring, the vignettes, the entrance, all of that. All of everything that Bray Wyatt did resembles a part of me that had that not has been hidden, but is still hidden that I haven't brought out. So that was why I was such a huge Bray Wyatt fan because that I, I lived vicariously through Bray Wyatt because that part of me, I guess I'm I'm hiding or it's or it's hiding in the shadows, waiting to I guess be released or be free. So that's that's why this uh this hurts a lot with the Bray Wyatt one because one, he's literally only a year older than me. I don't think he's a full year older than me. So young, so young. But also, again, the inspiration that that he brought with his character. And, I, and I'm sure that character resembled a part of a part of who he really was. Most of our characters do. Most of our characters resemble even if it's a small part, even if it's like a 5% part of who we really are. And that character that he played, whether it be the Eater of Worlds, uh, uh, Fire, Firefly Funhouse, Bray Wyatt, or the actual Fiend, all of those characters resembled a piece of who I really am. So it was like a part of me kind of went with him but at the same time I think that this was kind of a wake-up call to maybe let that part of me go free so um yeah th yeah this like Terry Funk hit me Terry Funk hit me because you know I've been watching Terry Funk since I was in diapers oh yeah but because Bray Wyatt was so close to my age and I could relate to him more than I could relate to Terry Funk, I think that's why this one hits me a little bit harder. And that's what really makes me think when it comes to you. So, you know, I don't believe in coincidence. I, be I believe in like, I believe in perfect timing and, and everything, even when it seems cruel, like the, the timing is always perfect. You know, when people say, when people say don't question God, I always kind of question that statement. But then I think about it and I'm like, I'm like, well, there's a purpose behind everything, even if we can't really understand it. And mm -hmm. it's not really I'm not really coming from a religious standpoint when I say that, because I'm not in religion at this point in my life. But just thinking about mm -hmm. the universe, period, and how it's literally just a it's just a big energy source. And energy just shifts and moves and does different things for different purposes and affects so many different people. Um, for example, Bray Wyatt being born and coming into the wrestling industry, like people who don't even want to be wrestlers were affected and inspired by things that he was doing. People, I've seen people on social media talking about how they've been writing screenplays uh, based on stuff that he had done with like Firefly Funhouse and uh, following the buzzards and stuff like that. Uh, in the original mm -hmm. Wyatt family, people have been inspired in ways outside of just professional wrestling um, to tap into portions of themselves that they didn't know. Me being one of them, I used to do, uh, when I was in the service, I used to do promos on YouTube. I would literally record promos, and that's how I became like a pretty good talker overall. But one of my promos, I'll never forget it. I literally drew inspiration from Bray Wyatt. I even took his little... I took that sound and I put it like at the end of my promo and um, it was, it was awesome. It was all like Bray Wyatt inspired because that was my guy. When it comes to you specifically, you had a video earlier this week where 
you hit me up before you were like, hey, how do I do this? How do I make sure it gets saved to my profile and stuff like that? You wanted to make a video where you just vented your frustrations out a bit. And I found it ironic, Bray Wyatt passing away this week, you making that video this week. I see a lot of similarities between the two of you, um, whether it be misunderstood, sometimes undervalued, uh, the mind, the creative mind, the creative genius of what you're bringing to the table, not always understood, not always elevated in the way that it should be. What in that area did you take inspiration from when it came to Bray Wyatt's career, those similarities in that area? All of them, every last single one of them. There's a lot of things that go on in my mind that I definitely don't release. Uh, part of it is because of fear, because of fear that, uh, again, that it, that it will be misinterpreted or misunderstood um, or not understood at all. Like, I, like, there are some people who may really not get it until I peel back that curtain and then they see what all this really means. Like, oh, okay, that's what he means when he says this. That's what he means when he does this. So I I really don't peel back my curtain too much. Every, like, everyone knows Jake St. Patrick. Everyone knows that. Everyone knows who he is. As I said in the video that I posted earlier this week, not too many people in the wrestling business know who Patrick Jake is. No one in the wrestling business knows who my other personalities are. People who know me personally know who my, know about my other personalities. But again, as I've said in the video, uh, these other personalities were created out of necessity because of the, the, the traumas, the trials and tribulations that I went through as a child growing up you know, without a father, pretty much growing up without a mother after the age of 15. So being raised, pretty, like like the old saying goes, it takes a village to raise a child. It literally, that's literally my story. The village raised me. My uncles, my aunts, my older cousins, my older brother, my older sister, uh, my grandparents, they all played a huge role in my upbringing. But but everyone also played a role in my trauma as well. So that part of me is the part that the wrestling world doesn't get to see because I don't show it. I don't I don't bring it out. Now in some of my promos with Rakim, you'll see it a little bit. But that's just a small, and I mean a very small taste of what's really going on inside the mind of you can either call it Jake St. Patrick or Patrick Jake. But um, again, vicariously bringing it back to Bray Wyatt, that what he did is a lot of the things that I want to do because what his character felt is what I felt or what I feel. What his character thinks is some of the things that I think. So, so there's the similarities right there. It's it's pretty much everything down to. You know, the the mannerisms, the way he delivers it, what he's actually saying, the message that he's actually giving to you. It might be misunderstood or misinterpreted, but then he peels back those layers even more. And now you understand, OK, that's what he meant when he said this. That's what he meant when he said that. When he did this, this is why he did it. You know, I think uh, obviously one of the best things he ever did was that WrestleMania 36 match with John Cena where basically dissected this man's entire career. And, uh, you know, it it really took some deeper thought and some, like, you know, you, you couldn't just watch it once and understand every little thing that he put in there, which I think is so remarkable because when you have stuff that has layers to it, right? Like, what, what's our what's our favorite... It's our favorite ogre, Shrek, right? And we remember <laughs> we, re we remember the iconic line from the first movie, ogres have layers. Like, they have layers. that, And the reason why the Shrek character has remained so popular to this day and is connected with so many uh, audiences, excuse me, is because of the layers behind it. 
And anything that has depth and layers behind it is bound to succeed because people have to look a lot deeper than just the surface. And that's a lot of what Bray Wyatt really brought to the table. And the fact that it was it was so it was so difficult to understand, yet so easy to understand at the same time. He mm-hmm. understood the messages he was trying to send, but it would still take you a little bit longer to like really get the clear message. You you could probably watch one of his promos one night, understand it for the most part, but then watch it a couple weeks later and you're like, oh snap, I missed something. You know, because he threw so much stuff in there. And I think that's what I'll miss the most about Bray is his ability to dive deeper than just okay here's what i want to say no he's gonna like add a lot of depth to that and i guess my question to you would be because you've been around for a while now right and i think this would be a good time to throw your accolades in there right so um you've been trained by harley race you've been an extra for aew and nxt still think that was a hate crime what brian cage did to you i'm following with it. <laughs> <laughs> i'm following the report but you've also Brian been, Cage uh, is my man. That's my man right there. I love Brian. He seems like a cool guy. I'd like to meet him one day. But that that was a that was a beating and a half he he put on you. Um, it hurt. It hurt. You, know, very you did much. your job. You did your job well. You did your job well. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, so <laughs> you've been Coastal Championship Wrestling, Southeastern Champion, and Cruiserweight Champion. Project Revolution mm-hmm. Wrestling Cruiserweight Champion, Phoenix Pro Wrestling Cruiserweight Champion, Universal Championship Wrestling Intergalactic Champion, which, by the way, that is an awesome name for a championship. I just have to say, that's crazy. That's great. That's great. Like, how does WWE have the Universal Championship? And then this company over here, like, nah, we taking it intergalactic. Yeah. Yeah. Top well, that. so the funny thing is they're – their championship is the Universal Heavyweight Champion because it's Universal Championship Wrestling, so they're the Universal oh, Heavyweight no. Champion. <laughs> so I'm the Intergalactic Champion, which would be equivalent to WWE's Intercontinental Championship. Okay, okay. I see what they did there. Play on words. I, I see what they did. Uh-huh. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, but last but not least, and most importantly to me, you are the assistant coach at Devon Dudley Academy. My coach, my trainer one who's making me better one who's feeding into me you know what i'm saying so obviously you know i have i have this deep love and appreciation for you as well and i I sent you that that, yesterday because when he passed away it was a reminder well i've been getting a lot of these reminders uh a lot over the years like you know um i talk to my wife about this all the time it's like when I was a kid, and I know not everybody had this experience, but when I was a kid, it felt like nobody could ever die, you know, because you're a kid. You're not really thinking about that stuff. Everybody seems healthy. Everybody seems, you know, we're cooling, you know what I'm saying? But then you start to get older and year by year by year, you lose somebody new. Um, I lost my Uncle Tony a few years ago, and that one hit me hard because he wasn't even biological. He was just my dad's best friend, but he always chose me. And that was the thing. He always chose me, showed up for me, showed up to family functions, whatever. And when he passed away, that's when I guess it got real for me. Uh, oh, snap. This is like, this is happening. Like, this is going to keep happening, too. Um, how do you, you you've had you've had a lot of that, you know, from a young age, obviously, Um I don't want to get you too much. First one I can rem- first one I can remember is when I was five. Five. You mind sharing? First who, one I can remember. Who that was? Uh, my auntie, my auntie Tamala, better known as Auntie Fat, Auntie Fats. Uh, she was. Damn, she she did a lot. She uh, she did hair. Uh, she did clothes. She helped do make dolls. Uh, different. Yeah, yeah. She, yeah, she, she was. <laughs> you know how I say I'm the Jake of all trades. Yeah, she's she, a lot of a lot of women in my family are who I get that Jake of all trades from because they were the well, I guess the female version. They would be the Jill of all trades because yeah. <laughs> a lot of the women in my family could do a whole lot of stuff. But uh, yeah, she died when I was a very young age. She was actually murdered. 
And that was the first time I've ever, ever experienced death. Again, I didn't know what it was, but I knew, I saw how hurt my mom was, my aunts were, my uncles were, I saw how hurt they were. So like, I felt that. And I think that was like the, that no, that was the actual first time I experienced death. And I'm just like, okay, uh, I don't know fully what this is. And then no really major deaths happened until I started getting older in about my teens. That's when it really started to, okay, now this person is going, now this person is going, now this person is going, oh, did you hear this person passed? What? And it like it kept happening, kept happening, kept happening. And then the major blow was when I was 15 and my mom was killed. That was the major one. That, that was the one that kind of got me numb to funerals, numb to death, numb to someone not being here. And today I'm still yeah, that's numb. Like, that's the worst that it could possibly get at that point, right? You know. Yeah, because that one was like out of nowhere. It wasn't, oh, she's sick or, oh, she has health issues. It was just a random Thursday. And then shortly after that, my grandpa, the one who introduced me to wrestling, died two months later. And in 2020, that was the worst year, the year of COVID. Oh, it was a, almost a family member or a person that was close to me probably once, one per month, if not more. Every month, January, February, March, April, May, I think. Nope, June, maybe not July, maybe not August, September, October. And I think my great granny died when I came back to Orlando, and I think she died in November. No, she died right before, right before her birthday. So yeah, I've, I've been pretty numb to to it for a while, but that that doesn't mean that it hurts any less, if that makes sense, because it still hurts, but. Now that I'm so numb to it, I don't really react to it the way that I would in my earlier years, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes it makes a lot of sense. So um, I haven't experienced as much loss as the average person has. Like, I always talk to people and they're like, yeah, this person passed and this person passed and this person passed. I'm like, what the hell? You know what I mean? Like, it's a lot. It's a lot. Um you know, I have had my my fair share of loss. Like I said, I lost my uncle a few years ago when I was in high school. Um, the girl I had the biggest crush on in high school, she got murdered. And that oh, one was wow. tough. Um, me and my brother's childhood friend, he got murdered along with his mother. Um, and it was... It was by his stepbrother, I believe, or his godbrother, something like that. It, it's really messed up, like family stuff. Um, shot him in their living room and just left him there for the dad to come home and find him. Um, and I think, you know, when it comes to people like Bray Wyatt, um, who obviously I never met, always wanted to. Like, again, that was my dog. Same. That was, that was my guy right there. Um same. Never got a chance to meet him, but honestly, in 2020, when Kobe died, all bets were off for me. Like that mm -hmm. was that was legitimately the moment I felt like anybody could die at that point. I was like, if Kobe died like this, that's it. Like nobody's safe, you know, because you have you have people in the world who are just so impactful, such icons, um, so important to such a large amount of people that they feel immortal to you. And it's crazy because you got the most evil people living to like their 90s. Mm -hmm. And then the best people dying young. And well, that there's that the, the saying goes, the good die young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this is it's really unfortunate. Um, you know, it I think 
Bray Wyatt's death, I think, is the first one that has genuinely shocked me since Kobe died. Other people who have died in between Kobe and now, I wasn't surprised at all because I was like, hey, man, Kobe died. You can die, too. I mean, like, it's not even surprising Mm -hmm. at this point. If this man is gone, I'm not surprised that you're gone. Like, apparently that's just how the world works. But this one right here, absolutely not. Absolutely not. This one right here just hit very, very different in a way that I am so uncomfortable with. It's it's kind of indescribable. Like when you came back, when you made his return uh, in Philadelphia, oh my goodness, the pop that he got from that mm-hmm. arena. And the only thing louder than that arena was me in my living room. I was going, <laughs> I was going crazy. Like when I tell you, I love this man. Like Bray is my guy. That is my guy right there. That's who I draw so much inspiration from. I drew inspiration from him for my character that I was developing for a potential pro wrestling career. Again, when I was in the service, this is when I had no no way of knowing if I was going to ever be able to pursue a pro wrestling career because it didn't. I, had, I didn't have any avenue to do it. There were no wrestling schools near the bases I was stationed at. I didn't know the first step to take. I didn't know anything. All I knew was get on YouTube and just record promos and and post them, you know, just be creative. And the way that I was able to do that is by taking stuff straight from Bray Wyatt and developing it into myself. I had a, I had a mask and everything. It wasn't a sheet mask. It was like a steampunk mask. And it was like a big part of my character. It's the one I have tattooed on my, my left shoulder. Like it was all this inspiration and stuff came straight from him. So to lose somebody like that, I don't really, I don't know how the wrestling world recovers from this, to be completely honest with you. Well, I mean, as the saying goes, the show must go on, but we can definitely put it on pause for a few moments, you know, to, to remember not only Bray Wyatt, not only Terry Funk, but all of the people, not just, not just wrestlers, not just, you know, public figures, but friends, friends of friends, family members, this, this right here just, reminds us again like you said that that we're not immortal that at any given time any given moment someone we know someone we cherish someone we look up to someone who influences us may not be here uh uh, i was watching Brooke t's podcast um when he got the news and you know he said it perfectly tomorrow's not promised for anybody um and because of all the loss that I have had in my life, uh, I've kind of changed the dynamic of my family a little bit because um, I grew up real tough. There was, there was no crying. There was no whining, for, especially for us boys growing up. Stop being a punk. Stop being a sissy. Stop being a whip. Stop being a little girl. So that tough love, very rarely did we hear growing up from my generation. Very rarely do we hear growing up from anybody in our family, I love you. Very rarely. I don't remember it. I don't remember it at all. So now, every time I talk to a family member, before I get off the phone, after, after we're done, if we're done texting or whatever, it's I love you. Love you, auntie. Love you, grandma. Love you, cuz. Love you, bro. Love you, sis. Because we've had so much loss in our family. Again, tomorrow's not promised. So if tomorrow cuz ain't here, at least the last thing I told cuz was that I love him. Tomorrow, if, if, you know, anyone's not here, at least the last thing that I told them was that I love him. Because that, me not being able to do that to certain family members still kind of haunts me to this day that I wasn't able to, Tell them I love them, even though even if they knew it, but still, I want them to hear me say it and so that they can say it back. And not and I know that them that my family 
especially the older generation, they're not they're not used to saying it. So it kind of throws them off a little bit when I say it because they're not used to saying it. But because I say it, that I don't want to say necessarily forces them to say it, but they're going to say it back. And it's like, all right, y'all, I finally got y'all saying it. Like, y'all wasn't saying it when I was growing up, but now I finally got y'all saying it. So I'm changing something around here. Um, so that in itself kind of makes me feel good, but at the same time, uh, pulling it back to who we've just recently lost. Again, just every day, if if you if you love someone, you know, tell them, you know, make sure that they know it. So that way, if something like this happens, they like they just go in an instant without any any warnings or any signs at least they know, or at least you know that you told them, or that at least they know that you told them that you love them or you care about them or you cherish them. So that that's my outtake on it, to make sure that people I'm close to, people that I actually do cherish and hold near and dear to my heart, that they know that I care about them, I love them, so that way, again, just in case anything happens to me or them, we know it. Absolutely. And I think a lot of us, a lot of us take it, a lot of us, a lot of us take life for granted because like you said, you know, when you were young, you know, you thought people were immortal. I thought the same thing. You know, I didn't think mom could die. I didn't think grandma could die. I didn't think granddad could die. I didn't think uncle could die because that's like, when you're a kid, you don't think that, you know, you like when you're a kid, your parents, your older, your older generation, they're Superman. You know, they're Batman. Batman, Batman's a thousand years old. He still hasn't died yet. <laughs> Superman, you know, Superman doesn't die, even though he died in one of the movies, but he came back. So it's it's, it's like, <laughs> but it's like, you know, like you said, when you, when you get these larger than life people, like a Kobe Bryant, like a Bray Wyatt, like a Terry Funk, like an Eddie Guerrero, like an Owen Hart, when you get guys like that, that are larger than life and then that larger than life ends. You come to the realization, like you said, after Kobe, damn, if Kobe can get it, I guess anybody can. Yep. Yep. I'm telling you, man, that, that pulled back the entire bill for me. I was like, Ooh, I don't know what fantasy land I've been living in, but yeah, like it's, it, it, it seems different. like it's on site for everybody. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a wake up call. So if you already aren't awake, these will definitely wake you up. Yeah. yeah. Now the, I guess before I ask you the, the last question, I want to ask you. Uh, just wanted to throw in, like I think my the only the only reason I find any type of peace with these types of situations is because of like my belief system, and mm -hmm. I believe. I know not everybody does, but I truly do believe in reincarnation. I've gotten so past life readings. I've gotten past life so readings. I. And I hey, I will tell you this. I will tell you this. I threw a little mini party in my head a few weeks back, exactly about four weeks ago, because there were some weird similarities. I got a past life reading. And there were some weird similarities between this one and the last one. And I'll just say this. It seems it feels so eerie to say, but um my life was leading me in the same direction to the same death that I had in the past life. And I'll just say if I would have went a certain path in 2020, I had a I had a split road decision to make. Chase my dreams or status quo, basically. I don't want to get into too much farther, but if I would have stayed the status quo, I would have died about four weeks ago. Real stuff. Damn. Real stuff. The similarities similar. unpalpable. I had a four-year-old son. I was in the service. And I left a widow behind. My personality was the same. <laughs> like she... I'll probably show this to you one day, you know, I'll show it to you one day <laughs> off the record, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was the same exact life and the decisions that I've made have fortunately granted me more time here 
but that could have got cut short very quick, literally about four weeks ago. That's crazy. About four weeks ago. Yeah, I'm, I know I'm probably similar. I'm actually, statistically speaking, I'm not supposed to be here. Where I'm at now, as far as, you know, this wrestling career, as far as life, I'm not supposed to be here. Statistically speaking, because of the life that I've lived, I'm supposed to be dead or in jail. And by the grace of God, I'm not. <laughs> um, and I guess that's because of the way I was raised. Uh, I was raised never to quit, never to give up. You start something, you finish it. And I knew if, if there were certain things that I didn't do, my mom would have came back and whooped my ass. So I'm still, even in her death, I'm still deathly afraid of that woman. I'm still <laughs> deathly afraid of that lady. I do not want her coming back whooping my ass. So come um, back I finished. Run you over or something. 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 <laughs> She's going to come back and something. Beat the hell out of me. <laughs> but I finished high school, graduated high school, went to college, graduated from college, got my bachelor's degree. Again, statistically speaking, I wasn't supposed to do any of that. Statistically speaking, I, I I shouldn't have made it out of high school. But because I was so deathly afraid of that ass whooping, <laughs> like, no, nah, boy, you better finish, or I'm going to whoop your ass. You're you going to play football, you're going to finish, or I'm going to whoop your ass. You gonna, I graduate high school, I'm going to whoop your ass. Now, college, <laughs> that's one thing, but if you start it, you better finish it, or I'm going to whoop your ass. <laughs> I had I had I, I mean I had that on replay in my head, so I'm like, nope, I gotta I gotta finish it because I I don't I don't want no smoke with that lady. Well, well, tell tell me this because that's a that's a perfect segue into the last question I want to ask. And again, I don't want to make you too emotional, okay? You know what I mean? Look, you, bro, you wear your emotions on your sleeve, and I love that and I respect it. Okay, so I don't want no. Make... I want to make sure you know that no question is should be left on the table. Okay. So anything that you want to ask, anything that you want to say, let it free. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll wrap up with this question. I just want to know, Patrick Jake, what does he do in his everyday life? And what does he do in his wrestling career with the intention of honoring those that you've lost, your auntie, your grandpa, your mother, any friends or cousins that you've lost along the way. Understandably, that changes, right, your your outlook on life and how precious how precious it is. Mm -hmm. What specifically about those things drives Patrick Jake to live the way that you live every single day and to chase this dream? the way that you chase this dream? What's the influence there? Uh, Well, we'll go back to that ass whooping that I don't want for my mom. <laughs> That's one of them. But um, as a kid, as a young kid, and, and <laughs> my, my grandma will, will uh, she will confirm this wholeheartedly. Ever since I was a kid, I said I wanted to be a pro wrestler. Ever since granddad got me watching it, my older cousins and older brother choke slamming me on the bed and and doing all the moves and stuff, putting me in this figure four and a sharpshooter as a kid. It, it it was something about it, and I I I to this day I don't know I don't know if I can put my finger on it. It was just something about it that just fascinated me. Like I I, I like I grew up watching sports. Also I grew up watching football. I grew up watching boxing. I grew up watching basketball because of my my because of my granddad, my mom my uncles so I always watched sports and I was just fascinated with it but but pro wrestling was something different it was something different than football it was something different than basketball it was something different than boxing it's like pro wrestling had all of that wrapped into one it had boxing it had football it had basketball it has and now it's more popular now than ever it has mixed martial arts or UFC in it so it had everything you could think of wrapped into one, the entertainment aspect. And I was like, yes, this is what I want. Like, I love this. Uh, like I grew up watching Jim Carrey. 
<laughs> so, so needless to say, I grew up pretty goofy, a pretty goofy kid. Like just the mannerisms that he would have, the facial expressions, the the silliness, the goofiness. That's literally me. Like I I know word for word Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, word for word The Mask, word for word Liar Liar, word for word Dumb and Dumber. Like any movie that Jim Carrey's in, I've probably seen, and I probably know it word for word, front to back, side to side, and in reverse. So, uh, that part of growing up watching Jim Carrey is like the reason why I'm so silly and so animated. But the motivation was just because I said that I was going to do this. And, you know, I got, I got cousins, I got relatives that said that they were going to do something when they got older. Oh, cause I'm playing the NBA. Oh, I'm going to be in the NFL. And it didn't happen. And I didn't want to go through life asking myself at the age of 40 what if like man what if what if I actually would have tried tried wrestling but I didn't what if I would have actually done this instead of doing that what if I would have you know I don't I don't like that what if I don't want to wonder what if anymore so now with this new outlook I have on life or that I've had on life uh I don't want to I just don't want to live a what if I don't want to do that. Like, you know, I got cousins and relatives that say, man, cuz you did that. You you did your wrestling thing. I'm like, no, nah, I'm still doing it. I'm not where I want to be. I'm thankful. I, I thank God and everyone in the heavens above that I'm not where I was, but I'm still not where I want to be. I'm leaps and bounds from where I was, but I'm still not where I want to be. So the 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 race it ain't over yet. So losing all of those people, I just wanted them to be proud of me and say that, yep, he he did what he said he was gonna do. And I don't want I don't want it to be he didn't quite get to where he where he wanted to be. I don't want it to be that, but the messed up part about that whole situation is I'm not in I'm not in full control of that. And that's the scary part of everyone's life is that they're not in full control of outcomes. But but my motivation is just I, I I like even in the ring, I don't stop. When it comes to this wrestling stuff, I don't stop. When it came to football in high school and in college, I, I didn't stop. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be I wanna be one of the first ones in and one of the last ones to leave. That's how I was with football. That's how I am with wrestling now. I'm one of the first ones in and I'm the last one to lock up. And and I I take very much pride in that because I, I like like I said in, in the in the in the video that I posted uh earlier this week. Uh hold on, what's the language parameters on this? Because I don't want to be cussing on, on your on your No, do what you gotta do. I can add bleeps if I have to. <laughs> when it comes to this pro wrestling, I love this shit. I love it. I live it, I breathe it, I drink it, I sleep it, I sweat it, I shit it, I pee it. Like, I love pro wrestling. It is my life. I've made so many sacrifices for pro wrestling. I have been through so many relationships because of pro wrestling. I don't have a kid right now because of pro wrestling. I don't live a normal life that people probably think I should be living. I don't make the amount of money that people think I probably should be making because of pro wrestling. I've sacrificed so much for it and I'm going to continue to do so until I get what I want out of it. I've been homeless because of pro wrestling. I don't care. I'll do it again and again and again and again until I get where I want to be. And as I said in the video, pretty soon my patience is going to run thin. My patience actually is running very, very thin. I've been patient. I've been patient for, for you know, the major promotions to you know, look at me and say, okay, he has something. I've been patient. I'm about to stop being patient and I'm about to just stop popping up. And I, I don't know who's done it. I don't know if people who have ever done it before, but I'm about to pop up at y'all front door. You know, I'm about to I'll stop popping this. up at all y'all front door. Just like Bray Wyatt, maybe sometimes you got to be innovative and just do stuff that nobody's ever done before. And again, I don't know if anyone has or hasn't done it, but I'm about to start popping up at y'all front door. I, I literally just booked a flight to uh, Houston. I um I was on FaceTime with Booker T last week. 
uh, my cousin was at a convention that Booker T was that Booker T was at, and he saw me. He's like, "Hey, cuz, I got somebody to show you." He showed me all of Booker T's eight by ten photos. He put he put the camera up, and sure enough, Booker T was in there. He's like, "Hey, Book, this is my cousin. He a pro wrestler. He trying to make it to WWE." And Booker T looked me dead in my face, and he said, "If you want to make it on TV, you got to come down. To, you got to come down to Houston, holler at me." I said, "All right, I'll be there in November." Bet. That's and, an invitation. And he, he, That's an invitation. I guarantee. I can almost guarantee because Booker T, like, he probably forgets more stuff than I can even remember. Mm-hmm. He's not. He may not remember me if he sees me down there because I'm going to be down there for a full week. Okay. I literally have my fight booked already. I'm leaving November fifth on a Sunday at six thirty in the morning. I'll be in Houston if at eight a.m. You know you can call me. That's all I'm saying. I appreciate that. <laughs> I actually have cousins. I actually have cousins and my brother from Houston texting me right now. <laughs> those those text messages have been popping up because I text like four different people saying, "Hey, I'm I'm gonna be in Houston November 5th. What are you doing this week?" So now I'm just gonna wait to see the responses. But I'm gonna be at Reality of Wrestling, training with them for a whole week. That's a bit. And and hopefully Booker T is there at least one day out of that week so he can see. And he probably ain't gonna remember me, but I guarantee after he see me, he ain't gonna forget me. He ain't gonna forget you. Yep, my man, Jake St. Patrick. Everybody, man, thank you for joining me. You know, you are the very first guest on this podcast. You know how historic that. Hey, hey, man. Hey, I like making history. (laughs) This podcast is here not to take over the wrestling world, but to provide something that I feel like it's sorely missing, and that's a step by step tutorial on every aspect of how to make it in this pro wrestling business from finding your wrestling school to making your gear to technique to the trials and tribulations that you can expect to go through to how to keep a a balanced mindset and a, a positive mindset through your journey like this is what this podcast was made for it was made for someone like me in 2019 who was thinking i want to be a pro wrestler but every time i looked online there was nothing there were five videos from Just Incredible, and that's it. That's all I could find on YouTube about how to become a professional wrestler. Ah, ah, no more. No more. This podcast is here to change that game. Okay? So with that being said, I want Jake St. Patrick to drop two lines on us to close this thing out. Your biggest piece of advice. You've been wrestling for 10 years. I know it's a cliche question, but I need to hear something deep from you on this one. Your best advice to somebody who is just starting their pro wrestling career. Your best advice to somebody like me about this business and how to succeed. Number one is be humble. Be coachable. Have humility. Don't don't come into this thinking that you hot shit just because you are a five-star athlete or because you think feel or believe that you have the tools because there's going to be someone in this business who's going to break you down if you have too much pride, too much ego, too much confidence. You know, there, there's nothing wrong with being confident. There's nothing wrong with that. Be, please be confident. Have confidence because having no confidence will get you hurt. Having no confidence will get your feelings hurt. So have confidence, but don't be too arrogant. Don't be too proud. Be humble. Be coachable. Be able to listen and learn. You're not going to be able to learn if your lips are moving. A, lo- a lot of people like to talk and they don't like to listen. And that's and that shows me right there that you're not coachable. If if your coach is talking, you're quiet because that's how you're going to learn. Watch film. Study study. I treat this as if it's a, a an actual sport because to me it is an actual sport. To everyone, it should be an actual sport. When I played football, I had to watch film study to study not only my opponent, but myself. I had to study my footwork. I had to study how my hips were moving. I had to study where my eyes were, you know, how to break down and tackle. I had to study, you know, my steps that I'm taking for running routes. I had to study all of that stuff. I had to watch it. And so what I do now is I watch pro wrestling. I watch everything twice. I watch it once to entertain the hell out of me for for that aspect, and then I watch it second to critique it, to be, oh, wrong foot movement. 
oh, they should have sold this instead of doing that. Oh, they should have did this instead of that. And then when I watch my own matches, I do the same thing. I critique the hell out of myself. I'm my own worst critic, which is which brings me to another thing. You should be your own worst critic. Don't let anyone else be your worst critic. Be your own worst critic. Don't let your coach be your worst critic. Don't let your, your teammates be your worst critic. You be your own worst critic because that is how you are going to get better. If you see that you're stepping in the wrong way, now, now you see it. Now you can fix it. If you see you're taking a bump this way and it's supposed to be taken that way, now you see it. Now you can fix it. A lot of times, a lot of people don't fix what they can't fix what they can't see. So I urge, even when I train, I urge my students to record themselves doing spots, doing moves. So that way, if me or Devon says, hey, you're going over this way when you should be going over that way, they, they record it. They see it. Oh, that okay. Now I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I don't just hear what you're saying, but now I see what you're saying. Another tip. When you're starting out in this business, um, try to have as much money as you can. <laughs> I'm gonna be perfectly honest. <laughs> like, like money definitely helps. It yeah. definitely helps because you're able to buy your, you're able to buy and sell your own merchandise. You're able to buy yourself wrestling gear. That being that being from the boots, the knee pads, to the kick pads, to the trunks or tights or biker shorts, to your entrance gear, all that stuff. Uh, Try to customize your yourself so that way you don't look like anybody else. So that way you don't have the same thing as anybody else. I have, I have. There's so many times that I've seen, and this happened to to me myself, that I've seen someone with the same tights or with the same trunks or with the same entrance gear, and it's like, ah, oh, yep, we all got that from Amazon, huh? <laughs> so, so, so. So money definitely helps. I mean, I understand, I understand budgeting, going the cheaper route, getting stuff off Amazon or whatever the case may be, but try your best to customize it to where it looks different than someone else's. Absolutely. And another tip is to get in front of faces. And what I mean by that is get in front of these, these the, the names like a Devon Dudley. Get in front of guys like Booker T. Guys like uh, who else has a training facility? Um, Tyler Breeze and Sean Spears. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think Bubba has a school up in the New York area, maybe New Jersey. You know, get get in front of guys like that. If you you know if you become an extra for AEW or for Ring of Honor or whatever the case may be, try to talk to the to the head honchos. You know, like I've been to AEW several times. Those are nice guys. You you able to talk? I I've even talked to Tony Khan. So those guys are willing to talk to you. Even at NXT, you know, some of the guys and girls there, they're willing to talk to you. All you got to do is just say, hey, I'm such and such. You know, if they don't want to talk, that's fine. You know, it's not the end of the world. Close mouths don't get Another fed. Another tip. Yeah, you're right. Close mouths don't get fed. Another tip. Don't be afraid of no's. Don't be afraid of a no. Because a no now could be a yes tomorrow. So don't be afraid of the no's. Don't be afraid of the rejections. Don't be afraid of that. Because then you can go back and prove them wrong. Oh, you want to tell me no? Okay. I'm going to give you a reason to tell me yeah. I'm on that same path right now where I feel like I'm not getting the notoriety that I deserve, but other people are getting notoriety that I feel that I should be getting or that I know I should be getting. I don't feel like it. I, I, I feel it and I believe it that I should be getting the same attention and same notoriety that others are getting. But like I said, I'm about to start popping up on y'all. Oh yeah. So with that, with that being said, if you're not getting the results that you're wanting, you have to fix your atmosphere. You have to go, you have to look within yourself and and say, okay, this is what I want. And I'm gonna do whatever it takes to get it, even if that means putting myself out there in a way that I may not be comfortable with doing. You gotta be. Here's a quote that I took from Mike Tomlin, who's a fraternity brother of mine, by the way. Cap Alpha Psi, yo, yo to the noobs. Mike Tomlin said, and I quote, you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. When you get comfortable with being uncomfortable, you'll go a lot farther. Don't be comfortable with a win. Don't be comfortable with two wins. Don't be comfortable with a championship. Be uncomfortable being comfortable 
get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Because that way, you're not satisfied with just this win. You're not satisfied with just this championship. You want another one and another one. You're not satisfied with just being on the roster. Now you want to be a champion. You're not satisfied with just being a champion. Now you want to be longest reigning champion or one of the greatest champions of all time. Shoot for the top. Get that top accolade. Don't just settle for, oh, I got signed. I'm good. Don't just settle for, okay, I'm light heavyweight champion. I'm good. No. Get the tag team championship. Get the secondary championship. Even though you're lightweight champion, damn it, fight for the heavyweight championship. Ray Mysterio did it. He's a buck 65. No, he, he pretty beefy. He probably like a buck 75, buck 80. But with that last one, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. That is the only way you're going to progress. We appreciate that, Jake. And don't forget, man, all of you at home, every day is St. Patrick's Day. You're damn right it is. Every day. (laughs) (laughs) Man, Jake, I really appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for joining us today. And for Thank all you so much for having me. There, I appreciate you. Man, the fan, the aspiring pro wrestler, everybody in between, this podcast is for you. Thank you for watching Madifest Wrestling. We will see you in the next episode. Until next time, stay blessed. Jake, you the man, bro. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. I'm just the man standing next to the man. <laughs>